You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, Rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the third episode of Season 1 of Star Wars Resistance, Fuel for the Fire. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's going on, Mike? Star Wars fans, good to be back. And hey, uh, we got through our, uh, I don't know what, 10, 15 minutes of technical difficulties, (laughs) and now we're ready to go. You know, Mike, I think I... I imagine that everybody that podcast has like, you know, you got to build in like 10, 15 minutes to get through all the bugs. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, you know, and then we're ready to go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. hey, we got through them and uh, ready to talk some resistance this week, third episode. And uh, hey, what's going on in the news, man? It's been pretty slow, but there is one bit of news and it's Star Wars resistance related, Mike. Um, yeah. We have. We have uh, some descriptions and titles for the month of November. Do you want to break them down? Yeah, sure. I'll go through these. So uh, some of these might be a little bit spoilerish. So if you're uh, yeah. if if you want to stay spoiler free, maybe skip ahead a few minutes. But um, here we go. So Sunday, November fourth, we got uh, the children from Tehar. Kaz searches for two missing children for a sizable reward only to discover the First Order is also hunting for them. Uh, this one has Gwendolyn Christie returning as Captain Phasma. Um, <clears throat> and then we've got uh, on November 10th, Signal from Sector 6. When out on a routine training exercise, a distress signal sends Kaz and Poe to a damaged ship with strange life forms aboard. And Oscar Isaac will be returning as Poe Dameron in that episode. So that's something to look forward to. It's exciting. Um Sonara's score on a mission to repair a vital de- plat- platform defense. Kaz befriends the mysterious Sinara and comes under attack by pirates. And uh, this one notes that Jim Rash and Bobby Moynihan return as Flix and Orca respectively, but uh, they've been pretty, pretty regular staples. So, um, and then the last one for November on the 25th is the platform classic an upcoming race reunites Jaeger Jaeger with his estranged brother, Marcus, who needs to win to pay off his debt to a criminal organization. So, um, 
we got some good stuff coming up. Yeah. I mean, these sound like good episodes to me. Yeah, the two that kind of stand out to me were actually 106 and 109, the first and the last you talked about. Um, yeah. The first one being children, talking about uh, these children and, and why the First Order is interested in these children. So that is a little intriguing right there. And then, of course, at the very end, you talked about Yeager and his estranged brother who needs to pay off a criminal debt to a, um, uh, to a criminal organization, which, hmm, could that be hmm. conquered? I mean, conquered. Um, uh, oh shoot, the one in Han Solo. Why am I drawing a blank all of a sudden? Crimson, Crimson uh, Dawn? Crimson Dawn? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it criminal or, or is it or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Very interesting that they put that organization. We'll see what it is. Um, there's a lot of, there's quite a few organizations in the Star Wars universe. So, um, but it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Hopefully it's something that maybe we've seen in the Star Wars universe. But those are a couple of intriguing uh, ones for me, Mike. And they actually have some pictures that go along if you if you want to get out there, if you want to find them. Not too many, but a couple of pictures that accompany yeah. what's coming up. But, um, yeah, yeah, def- like you said, some a couple of uh, episodes for me that uh, anything, anything stand out to you? or uh, I just, I'm just glad that Poe Dameron's coming back and that we're going to get an episode with him. Um, obviously, in, in the, the previews yeah. and stuff that we've got in the trailers, we've seen a lot of X-Wing action. And uh, and we haven't gotten that in the series yet, so I'm excited to see uh, to see mm-hmm. Poe and Kaz out there flying together, um, and uh, and taking down some First Order Tie Fighters. And so I I really want to see whatever that story is. Um, so yeah, I'm I I don't know I I'm just I'm just excited to see more of this series. I I'm quite enjoying it. I I but. I'm impatient. <laughs> I got that. It's like this Netflix thing, right? Thing, right? Yeah. Where we get everything all at once, and and then a show that you got to wait every week for. It's like, come on, driving me nuts. But and then it, that was made worse <laughs> by the fact that the first, the one hour premiere and the first two episodes were released all at the same time. So I was able to watch them all within pretty close, like time to one another. And uh, so it's been a while since I've seen a new episode. <laughs> it's been like two weeks. So um, I'm excited right. to see a new episode yeah. uh, and dig in to more of the series uh, this upcoming week. Uh, but, uh, I, yeah, I can't get to the post stuff fast enough. You guys know me. That's uh, that's my jam. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just excited. I, and Oscar Isaac, always great, always fantastic. So I don't know. I don't know. This first order stuff, the, the, the captain phasma thing I think is interesting as well. Cause I think what we're going to get to see there, my guess would be is that this has to do with them kidnapping children for their stormtrooper first, 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 program. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I was going too. Yeah. That's cause we know from the force awakens that, uh, that uh, Finn, FN twenty one eighty seven, was taken very early. Um, they talked about in the movie. So yeah, yeah, I think I didn't even. You just sprung it to my mind when you started talking about it. like, yeah, oh of course, you know, this could be her collecting uh, stormtroopers. So interesting. Yeah, man, that's yeah. good. Good pickup. All right, well, cool. I mean, more interesting now, right on. For sure. Uh, um, yeah. So anyway. I don't know. Other than that, um, nothing else really hitting. I mean, same old, same old, you know, episode nine's in production. They're still filming. Like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's how many 
many spoilers, I mean, not spoilers, but how many theories are going on about this. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. if you go on YouTube, there's tons of stuff about where they're at, what it could be, but I don't know. You were going to say something like there's, there's leaked set photos all over the place and stuff like that. Like it's, there's, there's lots of episode nine stuff out there if you want to go look for it, but it is spoilery and, uh, and, and we tend to not talk about rumors and stuff like that. So if you want to go find that stuff, I suggest making starwars.net. I think they do a pretty good job of bringing that stuff to light. But uh, that's only if you're the type of person who actually wants to get into that stuff, <laughs> the spoilery yeah. stuff, oh, which so not everybody does. Some people, some people want to stay away from that. So, so we Please. tend to respect that. And it's not really animation. So, you know, like we only talk about the big news unless right. it's animation. So, well, other than that, you want to just jump right into this thing, get going. Let's do it. Let's get into the recap. All right. Calculate the jump, Chop. How is my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Kenobi! So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. So, uh, here we go. Fuel for the fire. And I'm kind of confused now because I thought... um, was it? I guess it's written by Eugene Sun and directed by Bosco Ng and Justin Ridge. Of course, Justin Ridge is the uh, supervising guy. He kind of took over for Filoni. But Bosco, yeah. I believe he's. We've seen him. His name uh, in Star Wars animation before, if I'm not mistaken. So it's kind of neat to see. Yeah. That, uh, these guys, I know what they're doing. They're coming back and doing this kind of thing. So. Yeah, he's uh, he's directed on all three series. So yes. he directed, let's see, for Rebels, Family Reunion, and Farewell, he directed. Uh, uh, Wolves in a Door, Crawler Command. I mean, like he directed 15 episodes of Rebels, 10 episodes of The Clone Wars. Oh, I uh, didn't even know. Yeah, wow. Big big resume then. Yeah. 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 He's, yeah, some good stuff yeah, here. Some so. good stuff here. So. Yeah. So um, you want me to kick it off, Mike? Yeah, go for it. All right, here we go. Kaz tries to fix an engine with mixed results after accidentally dumping the engine off the side of the Colossus. Yeager lectures Kaz on the importance of hard work and maintaining his cover. Dejected, Kaz heads to Aunt Z's. Um, do you want to talk about this or, or continue with the next one and kind of put it all together? Um, I mean, I think that the will just quickly note that this is yeah. a lot of what we talked about in last week's episode. Um, Kaz trying to figure out what his place is on this team and, um, and sort of like, he's not a mechanic. He is not a hard worker really, uh, which is an interesting character trait. He's a little, he seems a little bit lazy, kind of like he's trying to get out of things. Um, right. and, uh, and it all kind of comes back to bite him in the butt in this one. Cause, uh, he, he drops the, the 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 engine off the side of the Colossus and uh, that doesn't go over so well. <laughs> um, I kind of I made some notes like that as well. He mentioned the kind of 
what what Kaz's role in the group, and he's still kind of working that out. I mean, obviously, we know what he's supposed to do, but Yeager doesn't want to, him to blow his cover. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a very fine line, and I think and the other thing that I kind of noticed is um, the races are the serious attraction on this Colossus. I mean, it, yeah. it's kind of an event thing, right? Like everybody, it, they made it seem like everybody kind of stops what they're doing to watch the races mm-hmm. in any crew here. You know, they stop and go, "Hey, the races, let's go." We stop working and we go watch the races. So the races are a very important part uh, of this um, Colossus and and. And what's going on out there? So I just wanted to touch on that as well. Um, you want to continue, Michael? Yeah, I, there at Antz's, Kaz meets Jace Rucklin, an aspiring young racer, and his team. Rucklin is friendly and challenges Kaz to a race on speeder bikes. Rucklin and the others show Kaz a secret route to the underside of the Colossus, where the bikes are waiting. And this is one of those things where it, this is to me the most interesting aspect of this series that Kaz and these other characters are meant to be in their early 20s and yet I get such a like high school vibe from the way that they carry themselves and I don't know if that's intentional or if that's just the stories skewing younger right now or kind of how that works but this episode very much rings to me as the like oh he's falling in with the bad kids at school right Mm, yeah so i don't know i i just i i find that interesting um because it's this is not a normal perspective for us in star wars right usually we are with um fairly heroic characters and even even in the instance of star wars rebels where we obviously started with and as well as Clone Wars, where we started with a younger protagonist in in Ezra, and and to a certain degree, similarly on on Clone Wars with Ahsoka, um, the story was still that of you know the 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 battle between good and evil, right? Right. Ezra's story right from the get go is about him dealing with the hardship of growing up on Lothal with this Imperial occupation and his parents, uh, having been taken and all that stuff. Like we get, we get right into it pretty quick. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit more childish at the beginning, but it is also much more of the high adventure, um, right off of the outset in season one of star Wars rebels, where we're stealing tie fighters or blowing up this base or, you know, whatever it is. Um, they have a mission, right? Whereas with these first few episodes of, of Star Wars Resistance, it's really interesting to me that we're actually more very focused on the day-to-day activities yeah. on the Colossus. And day-to-day is not something that we usually get from our heroes, mm-hmm. right? We come in at the end of Luke working on a farm, not at the beginning of Luke working on a farm, right? Um, so I don't know. I, I think, I think it's, this is actually kind of new territory for star Wars in this kind of, obviously within the books and the comics and stuff like that, we've, we've seen this ground before, but, but with the animation or the live action, this is kind of, this is kind of unique in this sense. And so I don't know, there's kind of an aspect to it where, um, 
because it is peacetime and because the First Order hasn't launched their attack full on yet, there's an opportunity for characters to chill out a little bit, kick back, mm-hmm. and just kind of... Um, I don't know. Like, like they have enough time to screw around, I guess right. is the point. So that's giving me a real teenager vibe with these characters. Um, even though, uh, I believe that they're all supposed to be adults. Um, and when I say, I believe, well, I mean, like, I, like, I believe that they're all adult characters. It's just that they're young adults, but, but I don't know. I don't know if that's a, if that's an intentional sort of tone that they're going for, or if that's just a byproduct of the show skewing younger, it's that's, that's kind of what interests me the most about this. And I'd love to, I'd love to hear the, the creatives behind the show talk about that. Yeah. I do think it, it, like I noticed in a couple of episodes, you do get the vibe of they're throwing in kind of like a life lesson somewhat in there mm-hmm. uh, for, for the younger kids um, on top of, on top of the story here. So I kind of, I understand what, kind of what you're talking about as far as skewing. Uh, and obviously we knew it was going to skew toward a uh, younger audience. So I kind of think they throw that in there. And especially these one-off episodes like this where Kaz is, although I don't know if this is necessarily a one-off where I think we're going to get more with, with, um, I guess, Jace Ruckland, mm-hmm. uh, maybe they kind of set that up as these two and, and maybe there's going to some, something's going to happen between. Yeah. These two. Um, but yeah, so uh, speaking of Jace Ruckland, so we meet him, uh, played by, um, uh, who voiced him? Elijah uh, Wood. Elijah Wood. There you go. Yeah. So he's in the Star Wars universe now. Uh, so he meets Jace Ruckland and his crew. And it's funny that Ruckland and his two teammates or crew members or whatever are kind of like a contrast to, to Team Fireball there with the mechanic. You know, you got Kaz, Tam, and Niku, and then you have uh, you have Ruckland and his, you know, he has, a, I guess, two guys and a girl with him, uh, one of them being an alien, the two others are, um, I guess, human beings. Um, so it's kind of like they, they're almost like a mirror image of each other, kind of like Seinfeld. you got the bizarro world. Uh, that mimic the the trio, so you have that here with him. Um, and Cassie's impressed by this trio. You know, he's surprised uh, when they reveal that uh, Yeager used to be a racer. Um, yeah. They mentioned he used to be uh, used to use the hyper fuel as a bu- uh, Are we actually are we to that point? Yeah, I guess we kind of are um, as far as the, the story here. But yeah. Uh, we get some interesting stuff about about Jaeger that we'll get to even more here in a minute that really kind of intrigued me. But um, anyway, uh, let's see. The, so as far as the race here, they zoom over the water, but Kaz's bike malfunctions. Uh, if the bike hits the water at this speed, Kaz will die. He makes a desperate jump onto Ruckland's vehicle, barely escaping disaster. So, Mike, this was all obviously a ploy uh, by jace and his crew to uh, kind of gain favor with uh with Kazar. what do you think is that uh, kind of where they were going do you think yeah that was that's yeah, what that was, i got from I it got for sure it. um it it's a it's a risky ploy because it could kind of go either way <laughs> yeah yeah but, some, yeah. I, yeah it's uh yeah exactly you know it's uh kaz feels a little indebted to him now kind of Obviously, they befriended him, but he's indebted to him now for saving him, although it was all part of their little uh, plan there. But anyway, um, where are we at? You want to keep going? Yeah, I'll keep going. Uh, yeah, I'll keep going. When Yeager finds Kaz, he's furious. 
and orders the novice spy back to his garage. Meanwhile, alone with his crew, Rucklin intimates that Kaz's faulty bike may have been a setup. So there's the sort of the, there's an implication that he's kind of implied that uh, they they messed with the bike and uh, this was Jace's plan all around, all along. Um, and this is what I'm talking about. These are bad kids. These are bad kids, yeah. even though they're all adults. They're bad kids. Oh, bad kids. Um, yeah. yeah. I I I don't know. It, it's uh, there are parts of this episode that I enjoyed a lot, uh, getting like some of the backstory and stuff like that for for Yeager. But um, I it annoys me how how dense Kaz can be. Um, I want him to kind of catch on a little bit quicker, but, uh, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Again, that's a product of, um, some of the, some of the jokes and stuff like that. kind of making him a little bit of a fumbling guy for a while. And then he kind of does heroic things. So, uh, but I totally get what you're saying. Uh, so we continue here. This is a good stuff here. Kaz goes into Reckland's hangar and sees his impressive ship. But it's not as fast as Yeager's, Reckland laments. If he could only see Yeager's racer close up. Pressured, Kaz leads Reckland into Yeager's private hangar. Kaz finds personal hollows from his time in the rebellion and the Battle of Jakku and with his family. Suddenly, Kaz feels guilty about sneaking in and must hide when Yeager enters. So, Mike, um, first of all, Nico, he warns Kaz that his new friends are not kind of what they seem. Uh, we talked about that earlier, but... Um, Rucklin and his team, they take advantage of, of, of Kaz and they use his connections to, uh, to eager to sneak into the, the quarters. Um, they're trying to steal this hyperfuel, and, um, obviously we get the, the reveal here. And, and I mentioned last week or maybe a week before that Yeager was kind of the one that I was really kind of zoning in on as kind of one of my characters that I was really watching kind of really yeah. interested yeah. in. And this episode kind of confirmed that, uh, we get some stuff about Yeager, about him in the Battle of Jakku. Not only that, Mike, but he does have, I believe, a wife and and either yeah, one one child. I'm not sure if it's a boy or a girl, but um, but yeah. So Battle of Jakku, you see a picture of him, some rebel pilots, the fallen star destroyer in the background, uh, and then him having a wife and kids. So whoa, you're just like okay, here we go. And now we get. I love when they do that when when shows like this bring in. I've said it before. They bring in stuff from uh from the saga or from canon that ties in everything it's so good it's so cool that they do that and it really gets you invested in it and and that's kind of where i was hooked in like okay what's going on what is the deal with yeager here huge backstory that obviously is going to fill out over time but uh any any thoughts on that mike no yeah i i'm i'm right there with you right i uh, i just actually finished playing through the story for battlefront i saw that yeah and um i terrible game terrible video game just so bad <laughs> hey wait hold on a second you didn't like the just the story mode um but the story was great i mean the story was excellent I just, just like, really, I really wish that I could have gotten the story without having to play that awful, awful first-person gameplay. Um, okay. I'm not a huge first-person shooter fan, but I okay. know good from bad when it comes to first-person, and it's just so clunky. It's so slow. It's just not. It they phone it in because it's Star Wars. They don't have to care. It doesn't have to be great. So it can be good enough. 
And it is. It's good enough. It's good enough that you keep playing. But, man, all those sequences where you're playing as the heroes and it's like, oh, here's Luke Skywalker and his janky lightsaber moves. Or here's uh, Princess Leia and her inability to use an aim down sight because her she has a special ability mapped to to uh, L2. And so you go to aim and she does, she shoots a missile out of her gun. And it's like, it was just so lazy to me. Like the gameplay was just so lazy. And there were so many times in the game where you're like, oh, I, I, this is, this is an interesting little scenario of like, oh, I got to protect this person while they do a thing. And then it's like, yeah, okay, you did it. Here comes wave two. Here -hmm. comes wave three. Here comes more bad guys. Now go over to this area, do the same thing five times again. And it's like, oh, so you guys just like artificially inflated the, the, the playtime on this. There's, it, it's not, it, it's just not well designed. It's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. But in the, in the in-between parts, great story, really great characters. I wish yeah. that we got more time with them i wish that we got to spend more time with those characters um because what we did get was really good but you could tell that like they had a budget and they were like oh we can only do this much Mm -hmm. um and i think that budget was less about money because obviously it's star wars and more about time it was more about like well we only have time to do this much of the story and then the other part of it that's really frustrating is the is the way that the story is broken into two where it's like the game ends, but it doesn't really end. The story doesn't end. It's like, oh, and then, you know, 30 years in the future. Um, right. And and then the story picks up in the in the DLC. Now, was that DLC free for everybody? I believe so. I mean, okay. I remember purchasing the game and then it just kind of came. So, yeah, as far as I know, it was. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it was originally supposed to be paid, but then they made it free because of the whole loot box thing and all that. That was a controversy, yeah. Yeah, definitely. but um, all of that to say that uh, that playing that game and and especially the uh, the the uh, um, oh what, what's the resurrection? I think is the is the mm. DLC. Um, playing that and having that sort of tell the story, it tells a lot of the story of like the not a lot of the story, but it tells a, a sort of a snippet of the first orders plans to to kind of come back mm-hmm. um and uh, as the uh, like from the, the ashes of the empire and uh playing that just um finishing up the poe dameron comic recently and watching star wars resistance kind of all at the same time it's exactly what you're talking about like it's so cool when stuff all syncs up and hooks together um mm-hmm. because there's there's stuff in Battlefront about the Battle of Jakku, so then you see that with Yeager, and it's like, yeah. oh, that's a cool connection. And then Black Spire Outpost in the background of one of the pictures we talked about before. Um, and then Poe Dameron and sort of where he's at and what the story is with him in the months, lead, in the years really leading up to um, The Force Awakens, and then this being sort of an, an additional part of that story. And then obviously the 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 resurrection stuff that I was talking about and the first order and they're sort of like amassing of power and, mm-hmm. uh, and the build up to, to the beginning of the force awakens and how that is actually all tied into, um, battlefront. It's, 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 
it's really great when everything is working. Uh, everything's not always working, but it is really great when everything is working. So that's kind of what I was when 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 they showed that picture and they talked about how Cavs and and him fighting in the battle. I mean, it kind of it kind of spun me to oh, when I was playing Battlefront two and certain uh, missions where you're at where you're on Jakku and you're flying or you're fighting on the ground. It's like oh man, that's you know could have been where where Yeager was part of the team or something like that. So as just like you said, it's kind of wrapping it all together, which is kind of cool. And and now we also learned that. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but obviously Yeager participated in these races before, uh, but for whatever reason, he does not or he chooses not to to do it anymore. So uh, I'm sure we'll get obviously more, uh, like I said earlier, um, clues as to what is going on with Yeager as we get deeper and deeper into this series. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that was probably one of my favorite scenes in there, just seeing that and, and getting that uh, kind of backstory started. Uh, for Yeager. So anyway, uh, go ahead, Mike. You want to continue? Uh, where are we? We're at. Uh, Sorry. When the coast is clear. Okay. Uh, when the coast is clear, Ruckling grabs a canister of Corellian hyperfuel from a shelf and makes a quick exit. Bucket notices the missing hyperfuel and informs Tam and Niku. The fuel is unstable and would effectively turn a racer into a bomb. So uh, we're kind of we're kind of running against the clock. Uh, Rucklin has grabbed this. This hyperfuel, obviously the legend of Yeager and his uh, his racing prowess, uh, yeah. as well as this hyperfuel that he's got, um, has kind of grown. But it turns out that Yeager is actually holding on to it because it's very dangerous. Um, yeah. And he's trying to kind of keep it out of the hands of other other people but uh, so that it doesn't become exactly what happens and uh and they're saying like even it's unstable so even just a a, a drop of it could yeah. turn a racer into a bomb and mm-hmm. uh and there's uh rucklin cramming the whole thing in yeah yeah so am i to assume that this is uh i mean we're talking about solo here, right? I mean, this is the same type of stuff. Am I right? Am I no, wrong? this isn't coaxium. No, coaxium, refined coaxium, it turns into a crystal form. Uh, no, this is something else. Uh, it's a, there's, thought- there's, there's more than one type of hyperfuel. Okay, maybe it's yeah. That, I, maybe that's where I was thinking. It, yeah, I kind of started going into thinking it was. Wait a minute, are we? I know that it was coaxium and solo, but they also I thought they mentioned hyperfuel as well. Well, they, they say Corellian, they say Corellian hyperfuel, but like it is Corellian, but uh-huh. I don't, I don't think that like that. I think that when they say hyperfuel, they're talking about like it's, it's a, it's a powerful fuel, not that it is hyperdrive powering fuel because mm-hmm. coaxium specifically powers hyperdrives. Um okay. Because I, I just got the when it says about the drops and yeah. and so you know how just a tiny bit, you know obviously oh it just goes crazy. So I was kind of confusing the two as yeah. far as it is. I think it's meant to be similar, but I don't think it's meant to be the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was that was one of the questions I had was is but it sounds like it could be a different thing. Uh, upon learning that Ruckland stole the fuel, Kaz jumps onto Jace's ship just as the race is about to begin. Hoping to save him, he kicks the eject lever, and the two soar as the racer explodes. Thanks to BB-8 and Eager, they make it back to the Colossus. So one of the men- one of the things that happens in here is um, 
that uh, Rucklin, you know, he wants to make this thing super fast. So what does he do? He kind of tears out stuff he doesn't need. One of them being the parachute. Uh, so right. it, uh, they have no way to uh, to uh, get down without uh, BB-8's help. So uh, other than that, it's kind of all that happened there. I mean, we knew this thing was going to go crazy. Yeah. I even talked about it. You know, it's going to explode. And soon after they eject, the thing does explode. And it's the, I guess it's the reaction of Ruckland that kind of causes a, a little problem here. We'll talk about here in a second. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Ruckland isn't happy about the destruction of his ship. Kaz <laughs> tries to explain, but Ruckland won't hear it. This isn't over, Kaz, he says, storming away angrily. And uh, it is, <laughs> yeah, he saves his life, right? Right, but, yeah, it's like, <laughs> Ruckland's yeah. kind of dumb. Ruckland's kind of yeah. more interested in going fast than he is in uh, being a friend or anything like that. So, uh, uh, or even safety, simple safety, like not putting experimental hyperfuel into the engine directly into the engine of your ship. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's like it's the same thing. It's like, hey, this is a problem that you know, this is entirely your fault, and you're blaming this guy. And this is where I, you know, you kind of get to the the um, younger audience and kind of telling a, a story about, uh, you know, I don't know if you, what, how do you want to say it? But, you know, obviously, uh, Ruckland is in the wrong here. He's not understanding anything. He's just his pride yeah. and, and all that. So, um, I guess I'll finish it out here. Surprisingly, Yeager won't kick Kaz out of his crew. Uh, Kaz thought he was going to kick him out. Uh, he knows the boy is a good person. He just needs to be better at being a mechanic. Kaz gets back to work cleaning some engine parts with mixed results. And we see it at the very end, kind of mirroring the front where the, the parts start to flow. out, going to fall off again. But um, but the end of this thing, uh, here's one thing that we never really get to see or we never see uh, Yeager's ship and what it looks like. So I don't know if this is something I think I think going back to what we're going to see in November, we maybe will get a chance to see. Yeager ship and actually him um, piloting this thing. So um, kind of kind of a tease for later on. I, I don't know anything else, Mike. As far as this episode, again, like I said, the stuff with Yeager is really intriguing me. Um, that was the highlight for me. The rest of it was kind of like, you know, this is just a, here's an episode of of Kaz and having to deal with a new person on the ship. And, and, and maybe uh, we'll see what happens between these two later on, like I kind of mentioned earlier, maybe setting up stuff between him and, uh, and Ruckland. Uh, I, you know, I have no idea if, if, um, Elijah Wood has signed on for more, but I guess we'll see in the future here, but, um, Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. What do you think, Mike? Finish yeah. I, I mean, I think it was a good episode. It was kind of, um, I, 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 if it weren't for the fact that the show just got started, it was it would feel a little bit like filler. But because the show is just beginning, it's like, okay, we're just establishing characters and stuff. Um, I do think that Rucklin is meant to be like a, a foil for, for Kaz's character. Sort of put him on the right path and yeah. say, like, this could be you if you uh, if you don't smarten up, right? So, Yeah. Well, I it's, think al- this- it's also yeah. to show us, I think, that Kaz in his heart is a good person whereas these others are like they're kind of just out for themselves right so right. He's, he's a little bit more selfless and even when he gets tricked and used the way that he does he still shows up to to save someone who could be a friend right 
So. And, and like it says here, you know, Yeager's the one that kind of says, hey, you know, you, obviously you're a good kid. And, and he sees that with what he did to save uh, Rucklin and, you know, t- totally sacrificing himself. So, uh, yeah, Yeager's kind of seeing that and like, OK, give this guy a break. And, and uh, it kind of it's understandable why Poe kind of picked him. Maybe Poe knows a little more, obviously, about about Kaz and his character. So, yeah. But, yeah. And, and here's the thing, like you were talking about filler and. And this has always been probably the last few years with with series and 20 plus episodes. Um, and, and I see this in regular television now when I see, uh, you know, these big networks, the big three, when they do their series, they're normally 20 episodes. And even Arrow does this where, um, man, and not necessarily Arrow, but a lot of other shows that kinda, I kind of watch, I definitely notice that there's so much of taking a forever to get to a certain point, you know, in a season and yeah. just, there's just so much filler going on and that's just the way, that's just the way it is. And that's the way it's going to be with 20 plus episode seasons. You're going to have, it's going to be a slow burn. You just got to kind of get on board and, and realize you're going to have episodes like this where they tease some really cool stuff, but, but overall it's just kind of like here, you know, it's just kind of a slower episode. So that's just kind of where we're at with these, um, with these things. So, uh, and and that's fine, you know. What I mean, that's fine. That's no big deal. Like you said, Mike, it's just getting started, and this is a brand new series, so uh, yeah, take it's fine to take your time. Hey, we got um, uh, we got an email too. You want to you want to take that one? Yeah, I well, this actually came in through Facebook from oh, Facebook. Uh, one of our longtime listeners, Ariel Phillip, uh, and they write in to say, "I liked the new show." Hoping it will grow on me like Clone Wars and Rebels did. I must say, whoever made the ship designs needs an award. These are great kit bashing going on and can't wait for the Lego sets to come out. Now, we haven't seen anything about Lego. And this is the reason why I wanted to read this. uh, Is that, yeah, uh, I didn't even thought about that fact. I absolutely can't wait for these to come out as as Lego sets. Um it's going to be very hard not to buy every single eraser uh, that they put out. But um, yeah, I, mean, I can't, it's, it's so weird. Like, why wouldn't you have had that ready? You know, to me, it's like, uh-huh. this is the perfect, uh-huh. like, like this holiday. Cause there's no movie. There's not like the, nothing else is really happening mm-hmm. that they should have had. They should have had all the, the, the resistance sets ready to go. And, and hopefully that stuff's coming, but uh uh, yeah, I can't wait. I mean, the fireball would look great in Lego. Um, I, I, you guys know that I'm I'm down for hype phase on, uh, <laughs> and uh, and all that stuff. Like, I, I would really love to get this these these ships in Lego form, especially because of like the kit bashed nature of them, right? Like, right. Uh, like like Philip says, like that that would make for some really cool um lego sets to put together um yeah i i I, i'm i agree like it the show the show is growing on me for sure and i enjoyed it right from the outset but the more we see it the more i like of it um it's just like i said i'm impatient i just want all of it now Uh, (laughs) i just like let's go yeah and I think a lot of people are probably in the same spot as us in Ariel Philip here, where, where, 
you know, it's like Clone Wars for me, it didn't necessarily have to grow on me because it was characters that I already knew. And, and the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, man, I can't believe what I was missing. Yeah. And then also obviously was new characters sprinkled in with older ones. So it did. It had a little bit of a growing curve or a learning curve or however you want to say it. Uh, and then obviously resistance, uh, the same type of thing. So uh, definitely, I think a lot of people are on the same thing. It's, they're they're on board. It's it's. It's it's a fine show and this, let's let it grow. And then the Lego sets, oh crap, man! You're definitely right on this. This is made for Lego sets, um, especially all these racers. Oh man, that's going to be that's going to be crazy. And like you said, I don't know why they didn't jump on this earlier. Like you said, with 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 Christmas right around the corner. Jeez, um, this would be fantastic, especially for this thing is geared for younger viewers, younger viewers, and you got Legos and oh man. Anyway, um, yeah. definitely looking forward to seeing those come out. But that's it. Um, next week, Mike, uh, the high tower, uh, the first order arrives at the platform for mysterious reasons. And Kaz and BB eight are determined to sneak into the tower to find out what they want. So it, this is, this is interesting. Um, this is the first I've seen. I didn't even look at the, what was coming up next, but the first order, here we go. They're coming aboard and they're going to that tower. And we saw, uh, Yeager in this episode kind of look up towards the tower, uh, and a figures up there. I'm assuming it's, um, uh, the main guy up in the tower, uh, what's his name's daughter, Tan, uh, Tora, Tora's daughter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doza, Tora. Captain Doza. Yeah. So interesting. Maybe the first order and Doza have something going on, but we'll find out. I have no idea cause I have not spoiled. So, uh, just yeah. kind of throwing out stars though. But, uh, yeah, next week, Mike, first order comes. You ready? Yeah. I think next week we're going to get into it. Like, I think this is going to be, and, and I'm noticing now as, as we're, we're kind of getting close to the end of this episode, this episode's going to round out around 45 minutes, which is pretty short for us. But, um, I think that the thing here is that, uh, there's not really like in this, in these early episodes, there's not a lot of intrigue. There's not a lot of real connection to the other star Wars stuff mm-hmm. um it's all kind of like little implied things and stuff like that so it's this is interesting to me that uh that uh we're, we're coming up a little short this week but uh but i think that's just because you know we discussed it we kind of talked about everything in the episode i don't feel like we missed anything exactly but i, I think it's a shorter episode yeah. myself yeah. yeah but i think next week when the first order kind of jumps into it and we get some of that going, that it's going to be more interesting. There's going to be more to talk about. So um, I hope that that's the case. That's what, that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, let's get a little bit more of the intrigue, a little bit more of the spy stuff going on. Spy stuff. See how that goes. But, uh, but that's it. Hey, I, we are all done. Uh, for this week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, on Twitter at rebelspodcast, and on Instagram at rebelcells. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and uh, same on Instagram. And uh, and you can follow Matt on on Twitter as the Crankster. That's yeah. Crankster with a K. Isn't it? It's the same on Instagram, right? Oh uh, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, and uh, of course, you guys know we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network, uh, like Star Wars The Saga Continues, which you should also be listening to. Um, and, uh, and you know, if you guys want to support us, if you like what you hear, uh, you can do that in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some awesome merch, if I do say so myself. Uh, you can pick up stuff like t-shirts, mugs, uh, throw pillows, uh, comforters for your bed if you are so inclined. Um, all sorts of really cool stuff there. And uh, uh, all of it goes to support the shows, so we really appreciate that. The other way to support us is by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to chip in your support there. Uh, a monthly pledge gets you access to cool rewards uh, for as little as a dollar. You can get access to the exclusive Thunderquack podcast as well as the Thunderquack group on Facebook. Uh, so head to patreon.com slash Thunderquack to support us there. We've got other cool rewards as well. Um, but uh, that's it. That's it for this week's episode. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week for the High Tower. See you next week. Thank you.